Today's teaching text is from James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. If you don't have your Bible, you can grab a Black Pew Bible. It'll be on page 1199, James chapter 1, verse 19 through 27. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is, was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religious is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. We're excited for Jeff Epps to be here today. He leads the ministry there at the Boys Ranch, and um, we've been looking forward to him coming for some time. And, of course, Jim Swaim, is, he's there uh, at the Boys Ranch weekly ministering to the boys, and he gives us reports uh, from time to time. But we're excited for Jeff. So, Jeff, won't you come up and um, teach us from the Word and share about the ministry there? In Millington. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. And I do love this. I've got room to lay out all kinds of stuff. And I heard your pastor goes along and not to worry about time. <laughs> that just got me in trouble, didn't it? Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to try my best to be precise and to the point of what God has led me to do. The one song we sang, I will wait for you. On your word I rely. You've been read the text from James and you may think, well, what in the world has that got to do with what you need to tell us uh, what's going on at the ranch? Well, let's go back about 24 years, 23 plus, young man, recently saved, green, <laughs> didn't have a clue what he was doing, but accepted a call with his wife. That person being me, if you've not figured that out. Going to a little church there uh, past Millington, Lucy Baptist, sitting around a lot of young people that I'm watching and I'm looking at, which blesses my heart today, and I'm learning with the youth department. 
the Word of God. Because about two weeks into my ministry, I found myself in the volunteer house, one of the cottages, because we started out as house parents. I found myself in the bedroom, prostate, on my hands and knees, on my face, weeping. I don't cry. If you read the bio, I was in the military. I was an army ranger. I jumped out of those good airplanes slid down ropes from helicopters, kicked in doors, done all that cool stuff. So I didn't cry. But I was weeping. And I was telling the Lord, I cannot do this. You have lost your mind. And it was because I was not where I needed to be and understand, God showed me in his word, you can't do it, but I can through you. Amen. But you've got to be a hearer, and you've also got to be a doer. Amen. This is not something flippant. This is not something that we as, as believers, as the church, can take for granted. We can't just be flipping about how we do it or, or how we feel about it. Without the Word of God, you are ill-equipped. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to accomplish anything. And if you do, it's going to be on your own merit. Well, last time I checked, the Word of God says that we're all sinners. Saved by grace... But we need Jesus Christ. And we need his direction and his guidance. I'm going to stay on, on task. So let's look at the first thing. We must be receptive to God's word. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Mark 4, 24 says, take heed what you hear. Luke 8, 18 says, take heed how you hear. We've got to have the capacity to listen. This is not a novel. This is not a comic book. It's not something that we flippantly take up and decide to read. It's not something that your pastor can, can stand up here and, and exposit and teach. If you're not prepared... You're not hearing the things that you need to hear. The Lord has to speak to you, and you have to be attentive. You have to hear those things. So many times walking into church, going to Sunday school class, doing the things that I did, except, accepting and realizing that God was calling me to a ministry but I had to listen. I had to open up my mind and open up my heart as a young Christian and hear the Word of God and listen to the do's and the don'ts and the how comes and the what ifs and the promises. 
I had to understand all of that. I had to hear that clearly. You can't be on your phone, on social media, at church, and listen to the pastor read scripture and hear it the way that you need to hear it. And you say, well, that's a little harsh. I'm putting up my phone now. No, it's, it's not. Because Satan will do anything in his power to distract us. If he can get us off track from what it is that we need to do. James is talking to Christians here. They're scattered all over Rome. Do you not think that they were distracted? Do you not think that they had struggles do you not think that they faced trials? And James is saying, but, but listen. Listen. Hear what God is saying. Do we do that on a day-to-day -day basis? I love, Pastor, the confession. I love that. I help with a little church in, in Tipton County, Hope Community with Byron Jane. We're going to incorporate that confession. I think it's nothing but realization is that without the Lord, without the Word of God, we're doing absolutely nothing. And so many times we come in here with so much on our mind, so much going on in our lives that we miss what it is that God is trying to show us and reveal to us as individuals and as a church. Praise God for the ministry that that gentleman was talking about and that they've got a problem with seeding because that's people that are hearing God's word. Let's continue on. We've got to control our tongue, too. We can't be effective listener if you're doing all the talking. I have a problem with that. I love to talk. I love people. But is that what he's talking about? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think what James is talking about here is the people that he was speaking to, they had other things of more importance. I can listen to God's Word. I can pull it up on, on a podcast and, and I can drive down the highway and listen to it. Now, I will retain a portion of that. But then somebody calls in like my boss and I answer. Or I almost hit somebody because I am paying more attention to, to the podcast than I am driving. There's so many distractions. And, and, and even in, in what we, we say and talk about, when God was giving out body parts, he gave us two ears but only one mouth. Our minds can be elsewhere, and sometimes we are like that with God. Because how do we view God? He's God. He would never do anything to harm us, would he? He would never cause us to suffer or deal with things to get, get our intention and get our focus and the main thing to be the main thing, would he? 
I tell the guys all the time, we got some sitting back there. I don't want to embarrass them, but we do. I tell the guys all the time, there's consequences to everything that you do, good or bad. There are consequences. And if you claim the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, He loves you enough, as I shared last week, that He will let the devil... Remember Job? So don't think that we serve this papal God and, and that He's just running down the road holding our hands and we're skipping and singing kumbaya. He wants us to be obedient to His Word. He wants His Word to be a priority in our lives. I had to come to that understanding when I accepted the call to the Baptist Boys Ranch. It was not about me. I thought, man, I've been in the military. My father pushed on me leadership when I was in high school. I, I, I stuck hundreds of people out airplanes. I was in charge of people. I'd done a lot of things. Man, God was lucky to have me. Ooh, bad mistake. I was lucky to have God. And I was lucky and blessed to be fortunate enough that there's people that seen the need and understood and taught me the Word of God. And I began to listen. I began to be still and know that He was God. He didn't need anything I brought. It was all junk. It was all rubbish. He had a plan and a purpose for me, but I had to hear the Word. I had to understand the Word. Also, we got to do it in a calm manner. We need to be slow to anger. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Different forms of anger are all barriers to communication. God cannot speak to us when we hold these attitudes in our hearts. We need to be calm so we can hear. This is a deep-seated anger. This is not a, a small child pitching a little fit, although that, that, that could be. This is a deep-seated anger. You been there? You had that? Somebody hurt you at church before? We cannot be who God wants us to be if we have anger in our hearts. We cannot. Young men that come to the ranch, that's one of the number one things. They're angry. They've been hurt. They've been disappointed. They've been let down. You think about the time before you came to know the Lord. Or maybe you don't know the Lord and you're dealing with it right now. Everywhere you turn, there is an obstacle. And it's just not fair. You want to talk about fair? Paul was beaten five times like Christ was before the cross. 39 lashes, five times. You want to talk about fair? Jesus hung on the cross for our sins. He was sinless. You want to talk about fair? Get in God's Word 
and you'll see what's fair, what's profitable, what really matters. And that's us serving him. That's us understanding where our place and our purpose is. We've got to know that and understand that. A clean life. James tells us to get rid of all moral filth and evil that is, in, that, that is so prevalent. What we are to lay down is sin. We will never be able to receive the full benefits from God's word that we need until we can spring clean our lives. That's what I had to do that night that I was on my face. I had to give it all concerning that ministry to the Lord. And you know what? There's times that I forget that. And I have to be reminded in God's Word. He doesn't need me. He loves me. He desires to have a relationship with me. He desires me to do His will in my life to find my place, and ultimately to share the gospel, the good news to people. But if you don't understand it, that, that's what concerns me. Everywhere I go and I talk to people, that's one of the questions I, I, I like to start a conversation. Hey man, you, you, you shared the gospel with anybody lately? Uh, well, uh, no. Well, why? Well, the preacher's supposed to do that on Sundays. Or the deacons or teachers. No, they're not. We all are. And you see, if you're in the Word of God, you'll know how. You have a story within yourself when you were converted. That's your story. Don't supplement God's Word for your story. You incorporate your story along with what's, what, what matters the most, and that's God's Word. But you've got to know it. You've got to hear it. When you read it, do you hear the Lord speak to you? You say, oh, wait a minute now. You're getting hocus-pocus. No, I'm not. Holy Spirit dwells within us. Do you stay still long enough when you read God's Word? Do you ask Him to speak to you, to show you? Because He's going to, whether you're attentive and listening or not. He's going to show you. And, and you know when we hate it the most? When He says no or wait. The next thing, we need to be submissive to God's Word. Verses 22 through 25, for the sake of time, I, I, I won't read those. But James kind of helps us in a couple of ways that, that I've wrote down here to be submissive. Men don't like that word, submissive. We get in trouble with it because we do misuse God's word when we talk about our spouse or something, but we, we don't like that word, submissive. 
But you know what? Was Christ not submissive to the cross? Was Christ not submissive to the Father? Yes, he was. That's pretty good company to be submissive with. At the ranch, that's one of the things that we deal with, along with the anger, is respect, obedience. Because today's world is teaching, us, teaching our young people, you know what, you have rights. And you can manipulate things in order to gain what it is that you want. Is that how God's Word works? No. We've got to submit to what we read, to what we hear, and what we understand. It's, it's, it's not about us. It's never been about us. Outside of Christ being obedient to the Father and dying for our sins and giving us an opportunity to be drawn by Him, to know Him as our Lord and Savior, and be promised eternity forever and ever. We, we, we're not doing anything outside of our guidance through the Holy Spirit. One of those things is the Word requires examination. One looking into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it. James is talking about someone who looks intently. In other words, we're to examine the word. How many of you when the preacher's up here? And, and he didn't ask me to do this, by the way, okay? But when the preacher's up here and he's preaching, how many of you examine the word? How many of you go later on this afternoon and open up the word and say, you know what, I, I want to look at that text a little bit more. How does that apply to me? Lord, show me as I intently look into God's word. See, I learned at that time of humbleness that I had to become intent about God's will about God's purpose, about God's call on my life. And I didn't have any means to that except through the Word of God. So here I am at Lucy Baptist, sitting around 15, 16-year-olds praying that the youth minister would not call on me and ask me a question because I was sitting around some super smart people. And I have for the entire livelihood of my Christian walk. There's always somebody smarter than me, knows more about the Bible than me. Always. But you know what? I want to learn. And when they teach me, I go back and I look at it and I examine it for the truth. Because not that your pastor is, but do you realize that there's false teachers? There's people take God's Word and they manipulate it and they make it how they want to make it and, and make it where you enjoy even hearing the bad things. The Bible talks about we'll get to the point where, where we, we, we want our ears tickled. We just want to hear the good. When your preacher preaches about submission and obedience, tithing, all those things, you're like, uh 
We could do without that. My wife loves the book of James. James is not my favorite book. You want to know why? Because James cuts you no slack. He puts things exactly in perspective where they need to be. And I think that's the reason uh, Christ, we, our understanding of Christ needs to be the same. I mean, was this not Jesus' half-brother speaking? If I was James, that had been the first thing out of my mouth. Hey, let me, let me tell you something right now. While I'm teaching you about this, being hearers and doers of the word and not being angry and being submissive stuff, I am the brother to Jesus Christ. So you better listen up. You better hear me. We should have boldness through meekness and humility to go outside these doors to ministries like I'm in and other places in this world and tell people that. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ and I have a word to proclaim. I've heard it. It's changed my life. How I live, how I perceive things. The word requires a response. Don't, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Whoo-wee. Been there a few times. Had preachers preach to me and I've read it and stuff and I'm like, yep. If God says worship, you worship. If God says go, you go. It's not, wait a minute, God, you know, uh, man, I just bought a house. I got my new car. No, if God says it's time, then you do what God says as a believer. And you do it with the intent and urgency. Because God's got a better plan, a bigger plan than what you realize and he's going to put you in a place where you're needed, where you're used, where you're equipped. And he's going to use you to do what? Share the gospel. Share the gospel and see others come to know Christ. Do you know there's times that we see young men pray to receive Christ and we try to start discipleship and stuff, but something happens and they go away. And, and, and oftentimes I think, man... I know they heard the word. I've got to believe with all my heart that they have a relationship with Christ. But Lord, why would they, they, they abandon what's good, what's profitable, what's safe for them and choose the things of the world? And then 10 years later, open the door, there they stand. Mr. Jeff, I want, I want to introduce you to my wife and my baby boy. Yes, sir. I had a hard time, and I've done some things that I'm not proud of. But because of the ministry, because of people that God put in my life, I turned back to the only thing that could provide hope, and that was Jesus Christ and his word. We've got to understand that.
We've got to respond. Last thing. Let's see here. Okay. <laughs> we must be moved by God's word. Those who you consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. And their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless in this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress. And to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. We must not only respond to the word by acknowledging a need for it, but we must find practical ways to actually do it. What are you doing? You say, well, that's easy for you to say. God called you to a ministry. No, he did, but that's not enough. I can't just camp out and say, well, I'm, I'm doing the ministry at the boys' ranch. And that's got to be good enough for Jesus. No. He calls me to share the gospel with anybody and everybody that I come in contact with. What are you doing? This is the do part. We must be inspired by God's word to move and to do. What are you doing? Are you caught up in me, myself, and I? Been there, done that. Struggle with it even today. I love to go hunting and fishing and have boats and rifles and you cannot ever have enough camouflage. <laughs> and I have a place that is designed so when I bring out that new stuff, my wife asked me, I, hey, I've not seen that before. Where'd you get that? Oh, I've had that. I have a closet. I had it closet. Because if I buy it and I put it in there over 24 hours, guess what? I've had it. <laughs> I've had it. But at the end of the day, guys, even when I sit in that tree stand or I'm out on the lake, God pricks my heart and causes me to realize What's important, Jeff? What's important? Doing the service that Jesus Christ has called me to. And that's unending. You don't take a break from that. Some of you older saints in here, I don't care if you're 85 years old, God does not put retirement anywhere in this book. You go as hard as you can go, and I plan on going that way and about 110 miles an hour sliding into that hole and then going to eternity to be with God. I want to do the will of the Lord. I want to understand the Word, and I want to be profitable. Not that I'm anybody, but there's things that we can do. As you've seen on the video, pray for the children's home. Pray for me that I'm a good steward of what God has provided through people like you and that I will do the will of the Father. And if that's to have girls on a boy's ranch, then we're going to have some girls. If that's to have small children, we're going to have some small children. We're going to minister to the least of these.
But we need your prayer. We need you to serve. Me and your pastor said at lunch, we talked about gardens, we talked about everything. I even brought a list that I'm going to email to somebody or give it to somebody of, of food needs that we see coming for, for the winter. Is the ranch the only place that you need to be involved? No. You may need to be teaching right here. You may need to be going across the driveway to share the gospel with your neighbor. I don't know. But if you're in the Word and you're listening, God's going to show you exactly what it is that you need to do and how you need to be doing it. And you try to run. Please, try to run. You ain't fast enough. All right, let's wrap this up. I want to read you this. There's an evil which in its effect on Christian religion may be more destructive than communism, Romanism, and liberalism combined. It is the glaring disparity between theology and practice among professing Christians. So wide is this gulf between theory and practice in the church that inquiring stranger who chances upon both would scarcely dream that there was any relationship between the two of them. An intelligent observer of our human scene who heard the Sunday morning message and later watched the Sunday afternoon conduct of those who heard it it would conclude that he had been examining two distinct and contrary religions. It appears to me that too many Christians want to enjoy the thrill of feeling right, but are not willing to endure the inconvenience of being right. A.W. Tozer, The Root of Righteousness. I pray that this is not a description of us. What are you doing? Do you look different? Are you being different? I hope so. I, I, I've not been to this church in a long time. And this church excites me. I'm excited today because I see old down to tiny. That means this church has got a chance to survive. This church has got a chance to teach the Word of God and let those young ears hear and prosper and grow and be the next generation. So many churches that I go to, you don't get the opportunity to see that. I want you to understand something. The Tennessee Baptist Children's Home, the Boys Ranch, that belongs to you. It is, it is your ministry. I've been called there to work and serve, but it's your ministry. And there's so many others out there like it, here locally, in other states, across the waters. But if we don't understand God's Word, we don't hear it the way it's intended to be heard, and we don't do what it's intended for us to do, we're going to be just like A.W. Tozer said. 
it's not going to matter. Because really, we just feel good about ourselves and we're living in this world, going along with the hope of eternity to come soon. Thank you for being a church who cares. I've already talked to your pastor. I watched your service last Sunday. I'm so glad that I wasn't here because I couldn't do all the orange. Mm-mm. That, that hurt me to see all of that. But I did. And you say, well, really, you watched? Yeah, I watched your church service. I listened to your pastor preach. He loves the Lord. He's doing the best he can do. You know this pastor appreciation month, too, by the way. I'll throw that in for you, brother. Love on you. Love on your preacher. Love on your preacher. But thank you for the opportunity. And I hope, I'm going to pray, and then, then pastor's going to come. I hope that what I had to say honors God and it makes sense to you. And it ties in with what's going on at the ranch and how you can be involved. But if you're not a hearer or a doer, you can't be involved in stuff like that. You, you just can't. Because it will be unprofitable. It will be man-made instead of God-made. Let me pray. Father, uh, I love you. And I need you. Lord, and I pray that we will take serious the truth of your word. God, that we'll hold tight to it. We'll hide it in our hearts so that we won't sin against you. And Lord, we won't make excuses because it will guide us and direct us on that narrow path. It will secure us. It will hold us up. And it will always proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. Father, I love you and I praise you. And I ask that you grow and protect and keep this church in your word. Help the pastor, Lord, when he feels weak, to make him strong. Lord, when he's on the hilltop, Lord, just to remind him of what his call is and what his purpose is. And Lord, may they reach this community and may they come along a ministry like ours and serve and pray and give of their talents. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Appreciate you, Jeff. Thankful for your ministry. And I ask you a question as we finish up. Are you a doer? Are you here only? And we have opportunities to, you have opportunities within your sphere of influence to make a difference. I know that Jim is at the boys' ranch every week. What night do you go, brother? Monday night. So you want to be involved in that. You can be involved. We've talked about other, Jeff and I have talked about opportunities we're going to have to, to minister and it's um, to be a part of that ministry and um, he talked about um, hunting seasons upon us so uh, kill some deer and we can donate it to the boys ranch. That would be a great way to help. Your grocery bill gone up in the last six months? 
Yeah, that's something you can do. One of the things we're going to do is we're going to do foster care training. You remember we did that several years ago. There's four or five families here at the church. Several are fostering now, and four or five families uh, went through that training and, and fostered, and we're going to do that in the spring. So I encourage you to think about that. Uh, what are ways you can be a doer and not a hearer only, okay? Let's pray and we'll be dismissed. If you got questions, Jeff, I'm going to ask you to stand up here, uh, be available, and uh, people may have other questions, specific questions about the ins and outs of the, the Boys Ranch, and they may have ideas. You may have ideas running through your head of things we could do to, to be a part of that ministry. He'd love to answer those questions, okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jeff. I thank you for his calling and uh, using them there at the Boys Ranch. We're thankful for the all the volunteers, those that are um, the house parents, Lord, that have sold everything, given up their jobs, and moved to Millington to love boys who are in need. And I'm thankful for the testimony we've been hearing over the last months of young men giving their lives to Jesus because these these servants have sacrificed, and we're thankful for that. And Father, help us as a church to be a obeying, obedient church that we don't just study and learn, but we go and we do. And Father, that starts with me. I pray that you would give me opportunities this week to share the gospel and look for needy people. Father, I pray that as we go to school, as we go to work, that we would look for opportunities to love the least of these. Father, you tell us that pure and undefiled religion is to visit the orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And Father, for our shut-ins, those who are, can't get out, those who are suffering from cancer, think about Mr. Paul who's on his, uh, in his last days up there at Covenant Care in room 201. Think about him and he would certainly qualify as a least of these and he would fall right in there with these orphans and widows that are going through affliction. We just ask that we would love him well. We'd be the church we need to be to these families. Thank you for your goodness. Give us grace. May we obey you this week in Jesus' name. Amen.